You're listening to Joe List's Mindful Metal Jacket on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hello, everybody. This is Joe List, and you are listening to Mindful Metal Jacket Podcast. I am Joe List still. Remember I said that one moment ago? Hey, thanks for uh, tuning into the podcast. Happy to have you. Today is a special day, for God's sakes. One of my dearest friends, Gary Veter, is on the show. Very exciting, and it's a big week for Gary. His album came out this week, brand new album, his first album. It's called Veter Las Vegas, which I had a hand in naming, which was fun. We were in uh, Vegas together. He ended up going back to Vegas to record it. I missed that week. I forget where I was. Um, but I think it was a whole gang out there, Norman and Sal Volcano and Ari and a bunch of fun people. I don't know where I was. I was sad to miss it. I had to be somewhere important, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, Gary Vitor released his album. It's called Vitor Las Vegas. I listened to it. I actually listened to it because I'm a big fan. He's not just a dear friend. He's one of my favorite comics. I listened to the album. It's hilarious. You should too. After you're done listening to this, um, you can stream it or purchase it, I guess. Do people still do that? That definitely would benefit him. Um, buy it if you got the 10 bucks, if you have the means. Or, or just stream it or call Sirius Radio, request it. Get him some spins. Uh, but he's a great comic. I'm sure if you listen to Tuesdays with Stories, you've heard us mention him a lot. He is um, a close friend of both Mark and I, and um, he should be one of your favorite comics because he's great. I love him. And he came on. We recorded this a while ago. This is back. Uh, we reference. I had just had a Christmas party the day before, or a couple days earlier. So this is back in December before the podcast had come out. Um, I put I pre-recorded so many of these before the show came out. So a lot of these episodes were recorded before there was even a podcast. So it was a while ago. Um, but most of the stuff I think we talk about is evergreen other than some references to maybe Christmas time or something, but we had a good talk. We talked about Gary, uh, used to play hockey. We're both hockey fans. A lot of our texts are about hockey. In fact, I'm watching hockey right now, which is fitting. Bruins just gave up a goal, but I imagine they'll win because they win most of the games. That's neither here nor there, folks. I work on tangents sometimes. Anyways, Gary was a hockey player. He also dealt Coke. We talk about that. And uh, we talk about anxiety and feeling uncomfortable, obviously, as always. Ooh, there's a big fight breaking out in the hockey game right now. I shouldn't uh, watch television while doing the podcast. Anyways, let me just cut right to the uh, fist fight here. That's what I'm watching is a fist fight. Ooh, everyone's got a dancing partner right now. What am I doing? I'm ruining my own show. We talk about uh, anxiety, trying to fit in, trying to connect, feeling disconnected, from ourselves and from our emotions and um Vitor did um transcendental meditation for a while and we talk about that and uh, we just get in there we get pretty deep and there's some jokes and some fun and i think that you're going to enjoy it so <laughs> this is really funny there's a full fist fight happening uh my boy nordstrom is kicking the shit out of some guy on the tampa bay lightning and it's just really funny to record this sexy um, anxiety mindful intro while watching two guys beat the shit out of each other anyways that's a good time to segue into our quote of the week this is from the new book Pema Chodron I'm always afraid I'm saying her name wrong I think that's right though Pema Chodron 
Um, she's one of my favorite writers and a great Buddhist woman. And uh, she has a new book out called Welcoming the Unwelcome. And I am reading it currently in my regular life. And also I'm about to read an excerpt right now. Our aim is to fully awaken our heart and mind, not just for our own greater well-being, but also to bring benefit, solace, and wisdom to other living beings. What motivation could top that? An excellent point, wouldn't you say? Ladies and gentlemen, here I am with my dear friend, Gary Veter. Please check out his album, Veter Las Vegas. Thank you. I love you. All right, here we are. We're live. We're rolling. I'm here. I am Joe List, and I'm here with one of my best buddies. This is, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but you're the best pal I've had on the show so far. Ah, uh, thank you so much. I had a bunch of fucking losers on here, yeah. <laughs> no, I've had, uh, well, I've had guys that I'm friends with, of course, but no one, uh, no one that I'm dear friends with. You're uh, dear. Thank you. You're you a dear, dear friend. Oh, thanks. Well, that's the end of the show. <laughs> Good to be here, buddy. I know. Thanks for having me is what I meant. It is good to be here on Earth. You're having me in your apartment, but yes. In my apartment and on my show. Yes, this is great. I don't know when this is coming out. It's uh, It might never come out. Oh, it's going to come out. This is going to be great. We're uh, going to go deep. I'm excited. Let's go deep. Let's let's uh, let's get in there. I, it's hard not to be silly and funny, so we could be a little silly and a little okay. funny because you're a silly, fun guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I, a silly guy, wouldn't you say? I, I think I'm silly in terms of I don't take life too seriously yes but like you know I'll, but I'll, at the same time you know serious stuff does happen and you got to deal with that serious stuff yeah you're a silly guy with a serious side yeah people always nice. when i walk into a room though people are always like what's wrong and really yeah but i'm more like analyzing the situation like i go in and they're like just like i don't have you know i'm not always smiling you yeah know, that's always a thing yeah you're like you get treated like women the way women get treated. Yeah. To smile more. Yeah. I get treated like a woman, basically. <laughs> yeah. So it's not good for anybody right now. Yeah. So does that hurt your feelings when people are like, what's wrong? Yeah. Because then you have to be like, well, one, you have to think, you know, it's been said so many times, like, is something wrong? But like, there, you know, there's nothing. I'm just going into a situation like why? The same reason why I'm not frowning. I'm just going in with a straight face. Why do I have to be smiling? Right. Like you don't even know what's going what's going on right now, you know? Yeah, sometimes Sarah and I will have this conversation cuz she'll look at me sometimes and I'm like, "Are you mad? Like you're making an angry face." And she's like, "I think that's just my face." Yeah. And I'm like, this is kind of a different subject in a weird way, but but similar where I'm like, "No, I know your regular face." I live with you. Right. That was a different, that was yeah. like a, you're, you're scrounging. But like, and she's just thinking about something in her head. Like we're totally in our heads a lot. I always think, well, we started talking about this off air and we'll get to it. Like com, I always say comics, but I think people in general are just in their heads, but she's in her head thinking about something, but I'm like, no, you were scowling. Like that was not your regular face. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. You could be, you could be slightly off, you know, like you enter a room and, but like, maybe you're just like, just came from outside and like, you're just, you know, you're in deep thought from the walk you just had before you wa walked into the place that you're at. Right. And then now you're, now you're thinking uh, of something else. And then now you're in a different setting, that different setting. Now it's all, now it's a mood change. Yeah. So you might not be up to par with whatever the situation you just arrived to. It's also weird. Cause you're like, yeah, I'm making this face because I was worried about what's happening now happening. Yeah. I was afraid someone was going to be like, hey, what's up with you? <laughs> like yeah, now yeah. I'm on the defense or, or the defense, whatever. Yeah, I was like, like you know, like you go into a place and you're, uh, you know, not necessarily, 
if I'm just dressed, even if I'm dressed wearing the same normal clothes that I normally wear, but like you're just somebody could just be like, hey, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> well, oh, it's a shirt I've had for a year and a half. So, well, especially you know, I'm just in, a fag, especially in comedy. I mean, that oh, happens yeah. in comedy a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm, you're, I'm a, I guess I'm kind of afraid of getting called out on stuff, even though I'm not insecure necessarily. I am, I'm insecure in ways, but not completely insecure about like my, you know, my appearance or whatever. I've grown into it. Right. But, but at the same time, you don't want to get called out on stuff because you, you do. Does does go in your head a little bit, or you haven't grown? Yeah, yeah, I haven't grown yet. Exactly. Gary's <laughs> a small guy. <laughs> now, yeah, you get a lot of shit for that too, because I mean, we have like a running gag. Has it ever hurt your feelings? Should I not be making small jokes? That's why I'm here. No, uh, <laughs> no, it never, no, it never bothers me. Oh, all right. Yeah, but you're not. Also, you're also not like freakishly small. Yeah, not. Yeah, I'm. A, you're like what five eight? Oh, I wish. Really? I was, uh, yeah, five six. Wow! Yikes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Barely, I should, barely anything. I should stop making jokes, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but you're also like a sexy guy, if you ask me. Really? Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. You're just, you're just nice. I swear. Well, you're a hockey player, a coke but, dealer, you're I, a comic. I played hockey. Yeah, I have a little bit of, you know, I have an edge in a, in a sense of, you know, experiences of stuff like that. But it's like I also wanted to do. I guess part of it was I was always searching for, you know, somewhat some attention in life. You know, so it's just like, you know, you're trying to find your place. So it's like when you're growing up, you're like, oh, I'm hot. I, I played hockey. So I was a hockey guy for a little bit, like in, in my town, like, oh, he's good at hockey. Right. And then uh, and then I stopped liking hockey as much. And I was like, well, I liked always making people laugh. And that was cool. And but I also when you're you know, you can't be a, a comedian. I mean, I mean, some people can as a you know a teenager. But, uh, you know, you, you know, I, I wasn't finding that until like later in life. So then I was like, oh, how else could I get attention? I was like. When college, I'm like, I'm going to sell some Coke. Right. You know? Is that really what you think you were selling Coke for? Part of it was just like, you know, I think it was like, I definitely liked people, you know, reaching out to me. And it was also like a small group of people. Like it was a fraternity, my fraternity that I was in. And then like sororities that were like, that were associated with my fraternity. So it was all like an in-house deal. And you have a role. There's some belonging now. Totally. I'm the Coke guy. Oh, yeah. You yeah. now fit. Exactly. Like people wanted to see me at parties. Right. I had Interesting. Coke. <laughs> yeah. I might start selling Coke yeah. now. I, I mean, know. Yeah. If you want to be cool, if you want to be popular, Coke's a good way to go. You sold Coke to sorority. That's pretty hot. Oh, yeah. I that must Coke. have uh, yeah, it paid helped. off a couple yeah, times. Yeah, it, it does. It, you know, it, it, all the things they say about Coke, it's true. It uh, definitely helps out. I never did. Did you, did you work, Were you a Coke guy? Did you do so Coke? So I did Coke uh, a good number of times, but I was always good at, you know, and I think this goes with like just what goes on in my head. It's uh, so was, weird to think of you as a Coke guy. I know. Well, part of me as a Coke guy it didn't change me and like being like, I was the same person, like in terms of like energy, like I was never like going crazy or anything at a party, like right. raging and like breaking stuff um, or anything like that. But um, I was, uh, I was kind of just, you know, just the once in a while user, like, you know, a couple times a week for a little bit. And then, then eventually just like once a week. And then eventually I just stopped doing it altogether. And then you, you just stayed, you you were like you are now, but you'd stay awake for longer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my last week. day of college, I did a lot of Coke and I was just, uh, I was up in my room. I was like, all my roommates left. They were, they just did, they didn't graduate. They were, they were coming back for another year, like a fifth year senior. So they were all coming back. Because they're athletes or because they're idiots? Just because they're idiots. <laughs> okay. I was like one of the, the few people I saw. I sold Coke. I was one of the few people in my fraternity that graduated in four years. Not that that's an accomplishment wow. whatsoever. But considering that nobody else, uh, only like I think it was only three other people besides myself in my fraternity graduated in four years, my year. Um, and it kind of is, a, you know, an accomplishment amongst those people. But um, 
But yeah, I was up all night. I could not fall asleep. The sun's rising and I was just screaming at my ceiling, just trying to fall asleep. Like oh, I, wow. It was just one of the worst. And then from then I was like, I'm never doing coke again. And then, you know, you're, then you start moving, you move into like, you know, I live in Queens now, moved into Queens. And then you're like, you know, somebody's like, oh, do you want to do some coke? And then now, now you know, I, I never do it. But like when I first moved into the city, I was starting to do coke again here and there, just, you know, sparingly. If somebody offered to it uh, Interesting. to me for free. But I feel like you're a disciplined guy. You're not like an addict type of guy, it feels like. Like you, it feels like you have wisdom or you use knowledge where you're like that was that sucked i'm not going to do that again where i'm like i have horrible reflux and i just ate a cookie because it was in my house and i want to kill myself right now i have i'm so weak uh, you have like some weakness but then you'll just be like all right i'm back because you've just quit drinking basically yeah and then every once in a while you'll drink now yeah every once in a while i'll drink now but i did i quit for four years i didn't have any i i also didn't have any problem i wasn't like an alcoholic that's I was what never, i mean i was never big on drinking but i also felt that drinking didn't work for me either right so i was just like i felt you know just the same way i didn't want to wake up you know fucked up i didn't enjoy it i didn't really enjoy it i didn't enjoy the you know, the, the, the blues from Coke either. Right. You know, it really affected your next day. And also, you know, I came to like love stand up so much where you're like, I felt that this stuff affected me and the way it affected me made me feel worse about myself, like unaccomplished in stand up, especially. Right. But so you're like, but you seem like such a pragmatic guy. Yeah. That's like, oh, drinking didn't work. Like it took me five years to realize drinking doesn't work for me. And then five more to even think about quitting where it clearly wasn't working but when you me, say where drinking I was didn't shitting work on the floor and yeah. fucking falling downstairs and i was a fucking vandal and breaking shit and stealing shit yeah but i was like i'm gonna keep doing it because uh i well, hate myself i guess well do you think you're doing it because you hate yourself or are you doing it because when you were having a good time when you were doing it like you were hanging out people do you think you were gonna lose friends it wasn't even that i was having a good time it i felt like i belonged i felt like i was doing something i felt uh the release of uh, the removal of like that anxiety of like, does everyone hate me? Am I sick? Yeah. For a while. Then right, later right. it would come back tenfold. Totally. But like, I was thinking, not talking about that the other day. I mean, I think about it all the time because I'm an alcoholic. But like, we had the party at our house here at the apartment, and there's like 25 people. And sometimes you get stuck in the corner and you're talking to someone that you like because they're in your house, but it's someone that you'd, I'd rather be talking to this group over here or totally. that person. And you're like, just a couple drinks right now. I would feel a little bit more loose. Yeah. And drinking for me helped me connect with people. Because when you have a couple of beers, you're like, hey, man. Like, even people yeah. you don't really like, it strips away a little bit of the walls. And then you're like, yeah. Hey, you son of a. I, I hung out so much with people I hated. Totally. Yeah. Then you realize now it's just like, I think I've told this story on podcast before where I was like talking to Gullman right before I got sober, like mm. the day before I got sober. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do if I'm hanging out with a bunch of people I hate? And then he was like, you go home. Right. And it was like a fucking epiphany. It never occurred to me. Yeah. To go home. Because you're a big go home guy, too. Oh, yeah, we we always home. talk about We want to go home. Yeah. I, I am so on board with going home. Because it's also like what I also live by this. I, I mean, this was always told to me like when I was playing sports that nothing good happens after midnight. Now that's semi true because like you could get laid and everything like that. Right. But but how but that, in terms of that's like relative you, being good too. Yeah. In in terms of like something bad happening, like, you know, a fight happening at the bar that you're at. Like just like crazy you know, uh, think people are driving drunk. I mean people are driving drunk all the time, but like at midnight it's like now you're leaving a bar. Just more things are are likely uh, likely to happen that are bad when it starts after midnight. Right. You're like approach like three in the morning walking home. You're better off walking home at, you know, eleven PM at night. 
Yeah, and you start <clears throat> creating a quality of life. I think you and I have worked on this, and we've talked about a lot right. of like a quality of life that is more beneficial during the day. Yeah, it's like I go to the gym, I fucking I read, I meditate, I'll go to with yoga, whatever it is. Like there's stuff you can do during the day. Whereas back then, I also was like drinking and nightlife was so romanticized by yep. like Tom Waits and totally. Billy Joel yeah. and like uh, you know. Joyce and these like Irish writers okay. and oh, drunk and late night and the sun right. coming up and it's like so romanticized that swingers and all this stuff that you're like fuck it we're gonna stay out all night and really totally. you're just like this sucks yeah I feel like shit and uh, I realized as Elaine said I'm a day person yeah <laughs> like, I, like I mean it. I do I I like the day and you get a lot you get more out of your day too by like you know if I I can't I I can't wake up past nine a.m. Like it just, I don't, it's yeah. no matter what I'm like, I'm up. So, uh, I might lie in bed till like, you know, nine fifteen, nine thirty, but I'm up and I'm like, at least like, you know, reading whatever on my phone or something, just right. doing something. Yeah. I feel that way too. Sarah and I, she always talks about, she's like, I'm so jealous that you wake up so early, but I'm yeah. like, well, I'm waking up cause I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> like I kind of woke up and then I couldn't fall back asleep. I'm just losing my mind. Yeah. So do you got now... You are an anxious guy, but you don't feel outwardly anxious. You seem so cool. Yeah, I don't feel... I, I'm not outwardly anxious. However, I do get anxious. And I do have, like, anxiety in terms of, you know, like, before shows or, like, the anticipation of a, a of a show coming up or the anticipation of I have to go, you know, talk to people that I don't want to talk to. Right. Not necessarily, like, going to, like, a, a party or anything. But, like, I mean, when I came to your party, you, you know, you had a party this past weekend. And uh, just walking in the door, I didn't know how many people were going to be there. I thought it was because I've come years before and it was just like five dudes. Yeah, yeah. And like, but this time I walk in and there's like, you know, 15, 20 people and like probably like 18 people I really don't know that well. Yeah, there was a lot so, of people here. Yeah. So it's just like, that's a little bit like, and you walk in and it's like everybody sees you when you walk in. Yeah. So those are tough settings where you're like, hey, like I'm not big on hugging somebody hello. Yeah, no. I'm never that. I'm never a uh, kiss on the cheek. I'm always awkward at that, <laughs> you know. So all those things really, uh, and other, I, and I watch other people do it, and they do it perfectly. It's amazing. And I'm, 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 I'm I guess I'm jealous of of those people because those people also get ahead by yes. by being that way. Yes, we've always talked about certain people that just they just have that gift. Yeah, and they're like, hey, like. Dan Soder's a guy who obviously is like he walks into more a talented than notice. both of us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, by long shot, no offense. No, uh, I, but I mean I completely agree. He walks into a room, he's ex he's noticed off the bat. Right, but so in addition to that talent, he has that thing. He's so good at connecting with people. Yeah, like almost like a politician. Oh yeah, like not that it's even um, what's that word? Like he's doing it on purpose to be whatever. It's just who yeah. he is. Right, right. Like I'm not. Uh, I forget the word. It's not a negative. Yeah. thing. He's just like, oh man, the fucking Patriot. Totally. He knows about the Patriot. Hey, he, knows hey, how, he knows how to make whoever he's talking to special and he's not doing that to, you know, take advantage of anybody. Yeah. He's doing it because that he just has a great skill set and he's He's a good. He's good at listening. Yes, he's you know? just comfortable. Well, I would disagree yeah. with that, but he's very comfortable yeah, as right. a uh, in his uh, skin. It seems, but he's also. I'll have him on the pockets at some point too. Yeah. But he's also riddled with anxiety and right. problems of his own. Like yeah. he would, he would hear us saying this and be like, "What? Right? I hate. It. I don't know what I'm doing." He's probably freaking out on the inside, but to us, it just looks cool. 
Oh yeah, because he's good at it. Maybe yeah, I, not. I, don't I know. wish I had that ability. I mean, again, I'm—I mean, I'm a tiny man, so it's like that always has has been like a tough thing. Where it's like I remember going to bars in college, where you're like, you're, you're not getting noticed in these situations. Right. There's certain situations that put me at a disadvantage. You know, walking into a, a, a room. I mean, like, I don't know many small men who could walk into a room and just like capture the room. It's not a thing. We're not a lot of small CEOs. Right. Oh, interesting point. But there's some big, but, th- but then if they are big, again, this is like a woman. Yeah. If they are big, they get called Napoleon complex. This guy's crazy. He's making up for something. He's yeah. got a small oh, yeah, dick a or something. Point. Yeah. But there's, so, there's got to be some little guys, Tom Cruise, and I guess he's an actor. I mean, Tom Cruise walks in a room. Everyone's going yeah, crazy. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Tom Cruise is uh, super special. Um, but anyways, we, we get yeah. off uh, track there. But oh, so you're an interesting guy because you seem so... Calm Top and collected. No, you almost seem you almost seem like you're sedated. Yeah. But then I talk to you, and as you're talking, I'm like, oh, this guy's a bit of a mess. Yeah, yeah. Like you're like, I got the dogs, I got the thing, and all I want to do is career. And my career is this. Yeah. And so you come out like, not that you come off this way, but we'll be talking about career in the future. And I'm okay. like, oh, you're you have a lot of anxiety, also. Yeah. But you just see, like, even right now in this chair, you just oh, look yeah, like I'm spinning. You look like you're getting blown right now. <laughs> That's the disposition you have. Even your laugh is like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I can't help that. You're like I, a jazzy guy, but you're anxious on the inside. Yeah, I'm anxious. I mean, I'm nervous. I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing, or I'm just like, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak, and it's going to be like, this guy's an idiot. Like, that's, right. you know, I, I don't want people to think I'm an idiot. I'm on not, the podcast specifically or in, in life? In life, you know, on the podcast. Right. Yeah. Just, you want, I always want people to think as much as I, you, you know, I, I do, every, I think everybody cares what people think of them. You know, it's like you don't want to be hated across the board um, or, or just disliked or think that, you know, what you did wasn't good. So you always look for like, you know, uh, people to, just to be like, oh, that, you know, good job, you know, like, and, and say like good things about, you know, your work. But I feel like after, you know, if I get up and do a, a set, I'm like, oh, I, I hope I, I'm going to say the right things. I'm not going to like fumble any words. Right. You know, uh, I'm a little insecure in that way that where I'm like, I think of that. I think of that sometimes on stage and that gives me anxiety. Yeah. All the time. I mean, I, it's, I have this feeling sometimes, and I talked about this before, but I went the night before I went to do Rogan, I was like, woke up in the middle of the night, like with the shits and having mm. a panic attack where I'm like, this isn't me. I don't have this personality to have fucking half a million people or whatever hearing my thoughts and yeah. opinions. And it's like, it's this weird thing. It's almost like politicians, they become politicians because they want to make a difference and then they end up getting like corrupted by the system. Right. I feel that with comedy, it's like you start off just being like, ah, I want to be funny. And all of a sudden you're in this like whirlwind where you're like, you have to have an Instagram account and Twitter and you got 50,000 followers and then you're on a show with 500,000 people and you're like, this is insane. I don't belong here. And I always think like, you know, you as a kid, as like a baby, like right. I just, I remember like pissing my pants and sobbing the first day at kindergarten. So that's still what I identify myself as that guy. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, welcome to my show. Yeah. And there's people listening to it. I'm like, why are people listening to me? This is like, we're two fucking idiots. Totally. Yeah. Then you, meet reg- <laughs> then you meet people and they're like, oh, this person's dumber than me. Yeah. I feel like when it was like, uh, you know, doing a whatever being doing a spot on Conan I'm like I feel like I I somehow like duped them to get on like I'm like I faked being a comedian or something in my life even though I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian I worked hard I think I was like at comedy like eight years or whatever at that point nine years and I'm like but I felt that I was duping them somehow yeah and so the same with like anything like 
you know, just being at the comedy cell, I'm like, I feel like I'm duping them somehow. Like I'm not as good as everybody here. Like I'm, or like, I'm just not deserving of this opportunity. Although like I have worked hard. So it's like, there's certain things that you have to just keep telling yourself to like be positive. Well, there's two things that I just thought of while you were saying that one is, it reminds me of the great, there's a Ray Romano quote where he's like, my whole career, I've just been waiting for the comedy police to show up and be like, we're on to you. We got you. <laughs> we got you. That's good. And he's like, oh shit. You did. Cause it's that feeling of like, I don't, how am I one of the funniest guys? Right. It also comes from like, I don't know, you're from Long Island and went to school in Buffalo. Like the Northeast just has funny people. Like I'm always like, everyone I grew up with is funnier than me. Yeah. Not everyone, but like my friend Derek, who you know, yeah, you've met Derek's him like, funny. he's a funnier person than I am. My uncle Brian is the funniest person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He's funnier than every comedian I've ever met. So I still have this thing of like, I don't, there's people that are way funnier than me. There's some comics that think like comedians are just the funniest people, but right. I'm like, no, my uncle Brian is funnier yeah. than fucking. Yeah. I know a lot of funny people like growing up, same thing where. I was always, you know, I would definitely put them at a higher, they were in a higher category than me. Right. But I was, I was so funny, but they weren't, they, I wasn't like, I'm like, if they did stand up comedy, if they could have figured it out and they had, they just weren't dedicated. Right. Well, Seinfeld has, that's another great Seinfeld quote from a comedian. Yeah. When he's like, when you're kids, everyone's funny. And right. then at some point, everyone went off and got jobs. Mm -hmm. It's just like people didn't, we had that extra thing that was like, I'm going to pursue this, I'm going to live or die on this sort yeah. of dream. What do you think your thing was that made you do it as opposed to like somebody like Derek not doing it? Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. <laughs> I really do. So? I mean, it sounds so cheesy. And I talked about this in therapy. I started like crying talking yeah. about fucking the boss. Right. But it was, I mean, there's obviously other factors and like maybe I just needed more uh, attention or it just came more naturally to me. But like also like Springsteen was such a huge part of like, I was so young and like hearing like songs and the lyrically about like that desperation wanting to get out and this thing of like yeah. there must be more and uh for the ones who had a notion a notion deep inside that it's not a sin to be glad you're alive all this right. stuff and like i want to find one place i want to spit in the face of these but all this stuff was like fucking yeah 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 and so it created my biggest fear more than getting on stage or being embarrassed or something is to not do anything what i considered anything with my life yeah now after 20 years of being in comedy in my mind, doing something meant moving and being in show business. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, owning a house and raising a child is something. Right, right. Also probably maybe even more it does, valuable. It does change a little bit in that sense. Like, uh, yeah, just, but uh, but at the same time, I never wanted to be at this point in my life, 36, and be like, I never tried comedy. So that was, a, that was something in my mind as well. And I don't think it was in anybody else's mind. I think like, I think it had to go, also do with like how you grew up too. Like just your your parents and just like seeing what whatever they went through in terms of like money or finances yeah. i feel those play a role but I, I you know i don't think like a comedian has to be mentally you know unstable to do this no but, i don't think so either but there has there definitely ha it has to be other factors in it that make them you know come around to becoming a comic yeah and there's some kind of discontention i think yeah. too where they like there is a lack of satisfaction satis Faction, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know, but also like maybe being the youngest, I, I needed attention that way, yeah, and didn't maybe didn't get the proper attention that I wanted or desired or something. Did you dream about living in New York? Yeah, I wanted to live in New York. I mean, that was the other thing. Seinfeld is another thing. Yeah, like it's Springsteen, Seinfeld. I guess the TV show Seinfeld to me was so cool. Like my dream was still to be like a comic 
with funny friends that would just come in and out of the house and would live in New York and it'd be awesome. Right. And then like Annie Hall was like similar. It was like, you know, I wanted to fuck my uh, <laughs> wife's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, but yeah, similar thing of like the idea of like New York and in New York, like, like a Springsteen song, it was like this lady calling me of yeah. like, oh, it's so close. And that felt like that's where everything happened. And I grew up in a small town. I was like, I got to get out. I got to get down there. Yeah. I knew that I couldn't be like in a relationship with anybody unless I was able to have some sort of success in stand-up comedy. Right. I knew that I couldn't do it until like I like accomplished something like for me, like it was just getting on TV where I'd be like, I feel somewhat accomplished. I still have more to do. Right. But like, at least I could like say that to someone's parents. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm not a fucking queer. Well, that's the best part of uh late night is that it gives you a thing to be like, Oh, you're a comedian. Yeah. I've done the tonight show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're just, people just assume you suck. Yeah. If you're like, I'm doing comedy, they're like, all right, well, I never heard of you, so you're That's probably That's a tough blow. thing to go through as like a young comic because it's like, I mean, it goes, you go through that for years. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, you're missing out on holidays and family events and your friends asking you to go and do stuff. So that meant that whatever that is, that also screws with your head, too, yeah. because you're you're. You're missing out. You're constantly missing out on stuff if you choose to do stand-up comedy. For sure. So that whole thing of like missing, you know, birthdays and whatnot, it's just like it comes with the territory. Yeah, and Saturday night, all the family parties, because everyone, you can hang during the day, but no one's around during the day. Right. It's isolating. Yeah. So you're by yourself Monday from 9 to 5. Yeah. And then regular people come home, and then you're like, all right, well, I'm leaving. And yeah. then it's like Saturday night when I was young, the whole family would get together and everyone's drinking, partying, having a great time. And like at five, I'm like, all right, I got to go. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. Cause I was nine beers in and fucking right. drove drunk like an asshole. But, um, going back to the, um, the other thought I had was you were talking about feeling insecure and like, God, maybe I'm not funny or it's funny enough. It's weird how your ego works where when you're just doing a set, mm -hmm. you're like, God, I'm not as good as anybody else or as good as I should be. I'm a, I'm a fraud. But then if somebody questions your skill level, you're like, oh, I go off. Fuck you. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? Oh, I'm better than everybody in here. Isn't oh, that I weird? I felt that way in relationships, too, where it's like if a, a during the relationship, you're like, why is she even with me? There's so many better guys. I'm a fucking yep. loser. I got bad teeth. And then if she was like, we need to see other people, you'd be like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. You think you're going to find better than me? <laughs> right. I buy you dinner. I'm a good guy. I work out. Exactly. It's weird how like we hate ourselves until someone questions our skill yeah, level so it's in us to know that we understand that we're good yeah you almost like want as soon as like uh you want to fight in a way you want it to be hard in a way so you could kind of overcome something so maybe that's part of it where it's like i want somebody to question like oh you're never gonna i maybe that's part of why you know you know you're able to get to certain points and stand up because I was faced with so much doubt in the beginning. Yes. So I was living off of that doubt. Yes. And then you prove that doubt wrong where they're like, we well, can't question that I'm a stand-up comedian. Right, like, right. You know, it's like, I mean, that's, you know, whether you think I'm good or not, it's like, I am a stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah, I am Like, that's for it. sure. Yeah, like, you can't say I'm not a professional stand Like, so, like, that's something I have. But then then you're like, well, uh, what have you done lately? What have I done lately? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll fucking show you. Yeah. Well, it's, that is interesting, too, because it's like, you have that, uh, feeling all the time of like I gotta prove myself and then if nothing nobody's asking you to prove yourself or saying it that you kind of just lose that until 
something happens again or somebody Dude, gets something. LeBron like, is a good example. I just love, I love professional athletes in the sense that certain things that you hear that they motivate you. So if you follow like LeBron on Instagram where, uh, by the way, I always compare myself to him. Yeah. I, similar he, size. Yeah. He, uh, he constantly comments about how people say that he's like washed up and that he's no longer like, you know, controls the NBA. Meanwhile, he's having a fantastic season yeah. and just like, you know, could still dunk at, you know, I guess he's like 36 now, yeah. but, uh, 36 and just could still, you know, sky high, like just, you know, slamming on guys who are 20, 20 years old. Right. And it's just like, he hasn't lost a touch, you know, it's just, but he uses that as motivation. He writes that, you know, down on paper. Yeah. I have that. And I've had it a few times. Like, one of the turning points of my career was my girlfriend at the time, my now ex-girlfriend, obviously. We were texting. I remember where I was. I was in Ybor City at the Tampa Improv, and we were, like, texting, and she was just like, I don't... I just can't see... We were, like, fighting or whatever, mm. and she stinks, but she was like, I just don't see how you're ever going to make more money than you're making. Like, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't... I just don't get it. Oh, and it was, brutal. like, it infuriated me. It made me sad, but also, like, I understand where she's coming from. I'm yeah. like, at the time, I was a fucking drunk idiot yeah. featuring for 12 years. And so I was like, well, whatever. This is probably going to be Sarah. My wife's going to come home here. But oh, nice. she'll sneak right through. Don't worry. Yeah. She'll be complaining about how much money you made. <laughs> um, it's perfect timing. Yeah. Sarah, my beautiful hey, wife, Sarah. has come home. I'm just talking about my ex-girlfriend, so it's good timing. <laughs> but she just texted and was like, "I don't. how, how are you ever going to make any more money? Right. And it's like, I understand she's like looking out for herself and whatever family she thought she was going to have, whatever. But it was a turning point in my career because at first you're like, you fucking Cunt, you don't support me. Yeah. And then after like 10 minutes, you're like, that's a good point. Like, I don't know. She's thinking more about my future than I am. I right. haven't thought about it. And it's, how am I going to make any more? Like motivating for you? For sure. Because then it's like that thing of like, well, I will, I'll show you. Yeah. And now I want to send her my W9s. Right. <laughs> like, how do you yeah. like me now, you fuck? <laughs> but I had that too. Like in high school, I was a bad student because I had no motivation. Yeah. I was just like, whatever. I would, I hated homework. And then I remember um, I kind of decided, I was like, I think I'm going to make the honor roll this year. Yeah. And my friend, I won't say his name, but he was like, yeah, right. Like, you can't. Right. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm choosing not to. And he's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So you're choosing yeah. to get bad grades. And I was right. like, yes. And then I went and got, we, we had block scheduling. So it was four classes and I got three A's and a B plus. Okay. And I remember just being like, having like Ray of like, how do you fucking fuck you? Yeah, and the guy's like, I don't remember saying that. And then, <laughs> and then I went right back to being like a D, yeah. C, and D student. But you lose the motivation. like, And it's like, I almost hope to overhear somebody yeah. saying that I stink because right, right. I lose motivation. I'm a lazy guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because it's like you don't really, like, yeah, after a show, somebody could be like, yeah, I don't really like that joke. And you just want to be like, well, what the fuck do you know? Uh, but that that's not motivating. You want, you almost like one, uh, there's just some type of motivation in coming up from like, hey, like, is this as far as you're going to get, you know, just a half hour on Netflix? Like right. That, like, you know, just touring around the country. Like, like what else do you think's in the cards for you, Joe? You know? Right. Well, I had also another time that was like a turning point was me and two other comics that you're close with, nameless, yeah. that we all drove to a gig together. And then one of them, I, while I was on stage, one was talking the shit about the other one. Yeah. And of course, the other one tells me. Yeah. And it made me mad, but it also like motivated me. Right. Of like, oh, he's just this kind of comic. Yeah, yeah. Where, I mean, just thinking about both these things, thinking about them now, I still have this like fucking rage about. Yeah. So, but it does be like, well, fuck it. And I, I, I proved both of them wrong. They don't even, neither one of them 
these people remember saying these things and they've moved on. A lot their of life, times, people, the people that say the things that motivate you, they don't remember it. Just like I was saying about, like, I was making yeah, a joke yeah. about the honor roll, but like, right. they, uh, they don't remember it. They'll, a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, I knew you could do it. Like after right, you're right. Like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I have a dartboard with I mean, your face yeah, on exactly. it, you fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> no, that happens. It's, it's crazy how many things that are so significant to you in your life are from somebody that didn't even yeah. have no recollection of that at all. Totally. But, so I, another turning point in my life obviously was sobriety. And I have an amazing like visual memory of you and I talking outside of the hotel in Vancouver. I remember everyone else had like gone upstairs yeah. or whatever. And at the time I was in like what they call a pink cloud of sobriety. Were we smoking or something? Like I might've got cigarettes? a cigar. I think we yeah. got a cigar. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah right. That was That's when I first, so I had just, I was counting days. I was yeah. like 40 days sober. So I think yeah. it was February of 20, just about seven years ago, February of uh, 2012, uh, 13. Mm -hmm. So I was like 40 or 50 days sober. And I was in this like cloud of like, everything makes sense like yeah. when you're not drinking all of a sudden you dry out and i'm like i'm gonna watch hockey again i'm gonna i'm into drinking coke and i'm gonna smoke cigars yeah. and i'm gonna fucking eat chocolate and i'm gonna have sex with my girlfriend and really enjoy it and watch whatever but i remember we all went out for a while it was you me and phil hanley and mark norman yeah. and sam Morrill. it was like our crew and it was like beautiful weather the mountains and then we stopped we hung to smoke cigars yeah and i remember i had also just gotten into buddhism and meditation and then you have like the beginner's mind where like at the beginning, everything's like, this makes perfect sense. I'm going to live in the moment and be sober. Right, right. And at the time, I remember being like, the, uh, that was like one of the best I've ever felt in my life was talking to you outside of that hotel. I still think oh, about nice. it. But so you were, but you were like, yes, yeah, totally. Like you had well, yeah, so been into was... some meditation in Buddhism at some point. Yeah. Some I, well, I did a TM. I took like a class, but Those I are... did it. I did that in two, what? It's a loser. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It only cost a grand. But uh, uh, When did you do that? I did that in 2000 and I did 2018. So about almost two years ago. Oh, recently. Ago. But before yeah. you must have had some interest because we were kind of bonding. I did. I always Buddhism. had interest in like, um, I mean, just like being like organized and like having a strict regimen. Right. So like, I don't, I don't think I ever had anything in terms of... Uh, if I recall anything in terms of like meditation or anything like that. But you've always, you understood about living in the moment and like the importance yeah. of that. And oh, like totally. The, the wisdom of being in the moment. Yeah. I mean, I was also, I've never been big for social media stuff. Right, I hate right. It. That causes me more anxiety than like, or just as much anxiety as certain like social settings themselves. Right. But, um, so it's like, as far as the moment goes, I try to, you know, try and stay away from that kind of stuff as much as possible, which is hard. I wish I had like the, uh, Ari Shafir look at it with like the phone that, that really helps. But, but he's, but the reason he does it is because he is addicted. addicted. Yeah. That's the thing that people don't realize sometimes with Ari is they're like, Oh, Ari's so good with it. I'm like, well, no, he's so bad with it that he's going to these extreme yeah. magics. If you're ever around Ari, when he has a computer or is using social he's media, on it. yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I want to like, I do, I always felt like I always wanted to live in the moment and it is tough uh, to, to do that. So it's like sometimes like you can do it by like constantly telling yourself, all right, I'm going to live in the moment and you could do it. But, but most of the time it's like, it's super hard. You're thinking about what took place, what I'm looking forward to. Well, you it, know? it's extremely challenging also because the brain is not actually set up 
that way. Mm-hmm. Like the brain through like evolution is set up to solve problems. Yeah. And if there's not a problem, I've probably said this in every episode, if there's not a problem, your brain creates problems yeah. to solve because it's a computer whose job is to fucking problem solve. Yeah. And it's also like the evolution of like, look out for that. What is that sound? What is that thing? And like, how are we, like a lot of anxiety is planning not to die essentially. Right. Even if it's like my social media, I get my social media numbers up. It's so you can get more people to buy tickets. So then you can get paid so you can support your wife and eat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you get, uh, you know, like we have different things where it's like, yeah, you have to look towards the future where it's like, all right, you're in Ybor city trying to figure out how do I make more money? So this won't happen again with my next relationship. My girlfriend doesn't leave yeah, me. Yeah. Or my girlfriend doesn't leave yeah. me. Yeah. So just trying to figure out that. But now, now you're not living in the moment where it's like whatever's happening right then and there, you're just now focused on, all right, how do I do? But that's important too. Right. It's like some of that. So it's, it is confusing of like, but what are these moments? The moments are like, you know, you're sitting down with like, you know, your wife and you're like, all right, we're eating dinner. This is like something you want to treasure. Right. And, and enjoy it. And you want to be like, now, like, and like, uh, all right, now I'm having, uh, you know, we're having dessert together. This is great. We're at a nice restaurant or right. on vacation. Well, the key is to not judge yourself and get angry when you've come out of the moment because yeah. it is natural for you to, and then you can bring yourself back. And then you get, it is practice. I mean, that's why they say practicing meditation and your meditation practice because it is practicing. Yeah. And it's all practice. There's no game. You've never okay, now it's time to competitively meditate, yeah. continuing to practice being in the moment and connecting that mind and body. Well, the, the nice thing about meditation that I experienced is just like the, the fact that when, you, when you're doing it, you're really seeing like the things that are coming into your mind. And especially in the beginning, when you first, like, you first you know, close your eyes and you just start thinking about like, oh, wow, I'm like really that concerned with like, you know, uh, like our, you know, our fix, like, like our apartment and like getting a, like a new television. Why right. is that? Why is that in my head right now? Right. Right. You know, I don't need, we don't even need a new television. What do you right. Think? You know, it's like, but why am I trying to like save up more money to buy, you know, whatever, a 65 inch TV or something like right. that? That makes no sense. Well, that's where, that's where it's interesting and fun and neat about mindfulness of yeah. then you're like, okay, so why am I thinking about that? What is it? And then you can go deeper of like, Maybe I want friends to come over. I want my house to be as yeah. whatever, uh, feel as home as possible or whatever. But that's what I've been working on a lot is that mindfulness of like, why, like noticing like my arms are flexed and I'm squinting. Why? And I'm like, oh, I'm 10. Let me first let go of that and then be like, why was that? What am I thinking about? And it's like, oh, some conversation I need to have that I haven't yeah. had. Well, there's a lot of, yeah, I noticed like, cause when I'm, when I'm super stressed about stuff, like my wife and I, we just moved Allie, by yes. the way, that's my wife. Yeah. Um, and she, I know it now I yeah, didn't, yeah. Uh, at the wedding, but yeah. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she, the, just moving is a stressful thing. And I found like, and when I dealing with distressful stuff and, and she's pregnant, it's just like, now you're like, Oh my God, I have, I have all this stuff going on, but this is good stuff. This is stuff you want to remember. You want to look right, back right. and be like, this is enjoyable. Like we're moving into a, a new apartment. We're going to have a baby. Like this is exciting. Like how, if, you know, it, that's a cool thing. It's yeah. a, well, and, that's uh, what... you don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to be stoned. Uh, you know, I, I, so I'm like not smoking pot now. I'm just trying to avoid it as, you know, as much as possible. And, and hopefully I won't, I, you know, I want to be like, have my mindset on stuff. And I also watch, you know, people who become fathers and, and they seem like they're, 
it, it, it pushes them another no, like notch ahead or, or gives them a nice nudge. Right, right. Yes, yeah, so you have a kid for your career. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's what my therapist is always saying too. <laughs> and it never occurred to me because I'm like a fucking mentally ill person and I struggle with this shit. But like my therapist is always, I'll be talking about something and he's like, where's the joy? Like I remember specifically when he said it the first time that like it really hit me was I got the Tonight Show. Yeah. And at the time, my cousin was graduating from the Marine Corps, so my whole family, we were all in Paris Island together, and I got the call, and I was accepted. I was like, I don't want to say anything to my family now, because it's going to take away from his right. graduation, and then now it's about me, so I shouldn't say anything now. And then I was like, should I invite my parents? Do I want my parents to come down? But they're yeah. working, and my mother can't take the day off, so that's frustrating. And then I'm like, who do I bring? Because it's a thin line of who you can call, who's not jealous, and then right. who you can invite to come along. And yeah. Are they going to be secretly jealous? And I'm like... This is what I'm going through. And then I'm telling him, and he's like, so where is the joy? Why is there yeah. no... And it blew my mind, because I was like, I literally got zero percent, no points of joy. Yeah. Actually none. Yeah. From getting The Tonight Show. I was like, oh, this was just a problem. I was just like, my agent called that's me with weird. a problem. And it obviously, that's weird. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's unhealthy. Because, yeah, it's extremely unhealthy, because you're... It's a major accomplishment. It's yeah. A light, it's a thing that you dreamed about as a child when you're like stand up comedy wow being on the tonight right. show that's a thing that i would i would die for yeah i mean i have no i have struggle to connect with things all the time the emotional feeling of things and it's easy to push things under the rug too like where you're like as soon as you you did it you're like well i did that like it's yeah, like, yeah but it's meaningful it's cool uh but you know a lot of people they don't like you know some people who are like it seems like super successful. They're just like, it seems like that's nothing to them. Right. But right. it's like, well, if I, cause if you constantly live in the fact that you're on the tonight show, then that's all that's going to happen. And you want more to happen. Right. But then you're not enjoying it. See, I don't, like, mine, mine is not that as much. Cause I know we yeah. obviously know people like that, but I'm like, I don't have that. I just have such trouble connecting to something. I always talk about this yeah. with my therapist, my only way, and this is another like sickness or part of a, a symptom or whatever of a problem is like my only way to connect to people loving me is to imagine them reacting to my death. Yeah. And I've done that since I was a kid. Wow. Where I'm like, oh, imagine how devastated Gary would be if I died yeah. or my wife or my parents. And I'm like, oh, they they love me. And I'm like, that's my way of getting the connection to love. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, they seem happy to see me. Right. We hug. They seem to enjoy my company. Yeah. Uh, how would which you feel if I died on my way home tonight? Um, boy, that would be crazy. It would make yeah. this episode yeah. so cool. Blow this, this podcast be, Yeah, up. this would be the first episode. Though. Yeah. Or the last. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I have struggled. I struggled to connect with uh, the emotion of things. Like to, even now, The Tonight Show, I'm still like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. But it was fun. You came. You were there. Oh, yeah. Great you set. and uh, Stone, then we went out to eat. It was nice. Oh, yeah. So I guess I do. I felt good. I was going through the divorce at that time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was bad. Oh, yeah. It was great for you, bad for me. I still want my Gretzky fucking photo back. Oh, yeah. I sent you a divorce Gretzky. gift. Yeah. Is that hanging somewhere? Didn't make it through the... Uh, oh, jeez. Fuck. So where is it? Ali, I think, didn't bring it along. Oh, God. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. It wasn't well, even there's cheap. no room to hang it. All right. It, was, it, it wouldn't fit. I'm sorry. I, I would have put it in my new basement. Oh, God damn. Gary got divorced. I sent him a new homewarming gift. And well, we were, we were in the divorced. process of getting divorced. Yeah, yeah separated. Yeah. We're, yeah, Can we you talk separate. about this? Are you going to be in trouble? Oh, no, not at all. All right. No, not at all. You can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me about TM. Did it stick? Are you doing TM? 
so TM didn't, uh, I, I, w- I want to go back to actually doing it. The reason I stopped was I just fell out of the rhythm of it, of it. And I, w- I was in a rhythm of doing it and it, I felt great. Um, so it was working. You, yeah, you it just- was working, you know, and you know where I felt the best. I mean, it's weird because my emotions really feel, I, I connect all my emotions a lot to stand up and mm. that's bad. That's bad in sense where I'm like, you know, how I, how I do in stand up is how I, how I feel. So if I, if I felt like, all right, uh, you know, like you had a new joke or something, right. that's, a, it makes me feel better if, about myself. I feel more accomplished. I feel like course. I'm moving forward. Yeah. Um, it's unhealthy to I, it's put really all unhealthy. your eggs into one asshole. Exactly. Or whatever the saying is. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I would get, you know, as far as TM goes, it's like, I felt the best in terms of myself throughout an entire day than going into stand up and let, you know, giving less, uh, you know, less of a, of a fuck of what was actually happening on stage and the performance was better or it felt that it was better. And that's really all that mattered. So how long did you do it? How long were you doing it for? I probably did it for like four months. Wow. Yeah. And so it just like, like anything else, you just, you just miss started, a day and then you yeah, miss another well, day? Yeah. Missing like, all right, instead of doing it twice a day, then I was doing it once and then it just once. So then you skip a day. It's so weird how that just happens. Just like the gym. I had the same thing with the gym and meditation and meetings. I mean, Eat, I've been good with too. the map. Eating too. Oh, completely. Pulled. I mean, I went off the rail. Yesterday, I was fuck. I thought I was dying. I had like a 30. I was on the toilet for 30 minutes at the stand. Like I missed a spot. I had to come move oh, later in the lineup. I was just shitting for like yeah. a half hour straight. It was crazy. But that's neither here nor there. Um, well, it's over there. But uh, I have the same thing. But now I'm using the Calm app. And again, it's like motivation they keep track of your streak. It's like eight day streak, nine day streak. And oh, if you nice. miss a day and it shows you the whole calendar of the, so I just want to like, it's almost like competitive with myself. I know, I'm like, I gotta, yeah. I gotta be like Cal Ripken. I can go every day. And that's, that, I mean, that's another uh, thing that I tried getting over where just in life where it's like, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It matters what you're doing. It's giant. Like you're competitive with yourself, as you mentioned. Like, right. That's all that matters. It's only who you have to be better than. Right. Be better, be a better you. Yes, trying to be what, a better me. And it's a these are all things that I am aware of to do, but sometimes you just fall out of it. Like I'm like, all right, I'm eating like dog shit for seven days straight. Yes. And maybe it's not even like dog shit. It's just like my I have a terrible meal on each of these seven days. And right, that just right. makes me feel bad because I wake up and I'm eating late. I mean, you know, and then but then there's times where it's like I'm just good pretty much for seven days straight or I, I need to, you know, almost like need to give yourself a little, cut yourself a little slack here and there too. For sure. And then sometimes what I do is I cut myself too much slack. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm eating cookies and shit myself. And, yeah. It's, and it's like, oh, that was, but it's similar. I try to be pragmatic. Like we were talking about earlier where you're just like, okay, I took it further than it should go. Yeah. I, I missed a spot because I had uncontrollable diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Let me try to eat better today. Yeah, you can't, con- and that's the thing is like whatever happened is also just to remember if uh, a situation that you're like upset with yourself, it's in the past, it's over. All you could do is right. just be a better you right. for later. Well, I have that thing too where my therapist helps me with this also because I'm like, I got no discipline and I, I can't, I hate myself, yeah. I can't do anything. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you haven't had a drink in seven years. Like I haven't had pizza in seven months, I quit pizza, yeah. cold turkey. I stopped drinking Coke, cold turkey. Haven't had a Coca-Cola in seven months. Right, how about cold turkey? And uh, I ate cold turkey for lunch, literally, yeah. right before you got here, actually. And so it's like, I am able to do things. Yeah. Like, it's like, but 
that's part of the problem is the mental part is like if you break a little bit, then I'm like, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And then I think I'm a piece of shit. I might as well just eat nothing but shit instead of being like, all right, I had one uh, cookie. Yeah. I wonder what the, like overall the, uh, if uh, like just people in general, how many people are actually thinking in like, like this, that they're doing something like eating a cookie like that. They feel like a, like shit after. You know, I don't know. Or, or a cookie or just something in that. Like they, they break a little bit like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Like, I'm, why am I going to bed at, you know, at midnight? You know, when, when it's like, because I, I want to get up earlier. I want to, instead of getting up at nine, I want to get up at eight so I could just start eating a healthy breakfast exercise. But now I'm not going to get up, you know, at that time. I think it's a lot of people. Yeah. And then there's people, then you do meet people. And it goes back to like parenting, I think. You meet people that just seem well adjusted and uh, they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I wake up. Sometimes I have... A, like, I watch comedians in cars getting coffee. And Seinfeld, who obviously has his own problems, yeah. he'll just be like, let's get crazy. Let's have a triple pie with yeah. quadruple ice cream. Right. And he just seems like a guy that's like, I'm going to do that and then not do that again for a while. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I did that, I would do that every day in a row for 10 days well, in a row. And and it's weird because, like, that's part of the, the study that I would have on, like, comics in the beginning when I, when I was just starting of, like, what do they do in, regularly? And, like, I knew that, like, Seinfeld was regimented straight. I mean, one of the most that it seemed yeah. like, you know, that was at least documented and still is. Yeah. And still is. So it's like when you see him like eating all that food, you're like, well, that's interesting because I thought you were right, but it's, it's all part of it. Yeah. He takes his break and he's like, yeah, we're gonna have a little joy and we'll do this. And so he has a great, like, you know, way to like store the, the met, at least it seems like it, like, you know, when he's on camera, the, the mental craziness, but sometimes, and this is another thing I struggle with, you you see that, and then you're like, I should do that. That's what I need to do. Mm. And that's where you set up failure because you're like, he's a completely different human being with different parents and different DNA. Yeah. And like, I don't have that in me to live that way. Yeah. So sometimes you see that person's having success that way. And that's the fun thing about doing comedy for a really long time now, 19 years in, is to be like, okay, I'm now, after fucking two decades, figuring out how I do it yeah. and what I need to do. And there's still things of like, I should write a little bit more the way he does, but it's like... And that my therapist reminds me of this too, because I'm like, I should be writing, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. Yep. And he's like, Well, are you creating material? And I'm like, Yeah, I have new 35 minutes. Right. And I have an album, I have three albums, and then a half hour that's not on either one. Like, I am creating all this material. So it's mostly just the real problem is me being like, You're a piece of shit. You didn't write today. You didn't open the notebook. What the fuck? But I'm like, Oh, maybe I don't, I'm not that guy. Right. I'm still getting to where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what works for somebody else doesn't have to work for you. And right. sometimes it gets lost in just everything that you're doing. Like I remember back to Seinfeld that before he did his first tonight show, he was uh, like running nonstop, just like just training in terms of actually physically running. Like I get, I don't know how long, maybe like for like, a, you know, a couple miles each day. Right. And I was like, well, that's what I should do. Right. You know, and then uh, leading up to when I, eventually I do it. Pulled my hammy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's funny to picture you coming out on Conan. And you're just limping. <laughs> you're just holding your hamstring. Your ankle's all fucked up. But uh, but yeah, I just remember that. And then like you know, I, and and I did exercise, but I didn't run. My, you know, like however many miles he was doing, like three miles or whatever. Yeah. I was just, but I was just exercising lightly and like just doing it. And then like you know, and I felt better. But I didn't have to do it his you know way. Yeah. I mean, Louis goes and fights with a fucking trainer, like boxing. Yeah. Which, you know, he's like, oh, it's because comedy is... And I'm like, well, I'm not going to... Well, I, I am taking MMA, but... Yeah. 
that's neither here nor there, but it's like not everyone should go fight people before totally doing a comedy special. Right. Now, I want to get you back to TM. Okay. I want to yeah. meet Gary yeah. TM Veter. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm up for it. Part of it also, why I, I lost out of it was when uh, I lived in the, the apartment that we just moved from. Uh, that apartment, is, it was a one bedroom. So it's like finding an actual space when my wife is gone and like yeah. not having a distraction yes. made it very, very difficult for me to like get that. Yeah, I even have that here where like yesterday was the first time I was able to meditate with Sarah here where I'm just like, okay, I'm just, I got to do this. But I'm also like strangely like embarrassed mm. by meditating because it feels, I talked to Ari on the episode with Ari, it feels pretentious somehow to me, which again is just my dumb ego getting in the way of me doing something that's meaningful to me. Yeah. And something else I have to work on of like, yeah, this is a thing I do that means something to me. Yeah. But I just feel like a goofball sitting on the chair with my eyes closed. Totally. Yeah. I, you know, I, try, I just feel like, look, what's this fucking idiot doing? Absolutely. Yeah. I tried meditating on the train and then I'm just like, I'm going to get fucking like sliced in my face. Well, like, that's another thing I've talked about on a past episode. Like I do meditate on the train, but like every stop you do have to open your eyes and look around because it's like, you have to be smart. Like yeah. you're still in New York city. It's 11 yeah. o'clock at night. Right. And I'm just this dick, like going to the sunken place and then somebody's taking my wallet. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. you, when you meditate, do you meditate out for how long? And you do twice a day? Well, the Calm app is 10 minutes, and it's just a mindful meditation. Yeah. And sometimes I'll listen, I'll do that specific one two or three times. I can just go back and listen to it again. Yeah. But I'll do a, I'll do that one for sure in the morning. And then I just do my own mindfulness of like, let me turn everything off. Sometimes on the train, even if it's for a minute. Or I'll do it when I'm here by myself in the apartment for 10 minutes. And sometimes I'll do just a mindfulness thing where eyes open, sitting in the apartment, just looking around and then looking at all these things I've sort of accumulated. And I realized like, this is the life I dreamed of. And I, right. I did, I am, I'm in it. It's not something that's happening down the road. I'm in yeah. it now. And now like you watch TV too. Now, do you feel like watching TV? Like do you turn on TV during the day? I watch like cable news during the day, but this is something I struggle with. I'm like, I should be doing something else. I never am yeah. satisfied with my choice of what I'm watching. Right. Like, I should be watching a documentary. No, I should watch a, a new movie. No, I should watch a movie that I love. And then I just. Because as much as I try to like stay off of Instagram, sometimes I get, come home at night at like 11 and I'm watching TV and then I'm just, I'm realizing, oh, I just was looking at my phone for 30 minutes. Yeah. No, and I'm I like, I want to punch myself in the face. I'm like, this was a waste. Like, I should be able to, I should enjoy, if I'm going to watch TV, enjoy that or read a book. Like, you know, start doing something that like really like, uh, you know, enhances your mind. Yeah, I feel the same way. But sometimes, and this is what I talk about with my therapist too, and he's like, sometimes you got to just turn on something mindless and yeah. just sit there and watch some bullshit. That's okay. It's a long life. Yeah. And that, that can be meaningful too, to just watch some crap. Again, it's like the problem comes when we're beating ourselves up for watching, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. I just was watching uh, Full House, like a moron. And then you're like, I don't know. Well, you were... Right. Something and you told you to watch it. Yeah. Why am I watching The Office for a second time? Well, I don't know. My wife and I were eating together and we like watching The Office and laughing at it. Yeah. It's like you bringing know? some joy. Yeah. And that's the thing that I struggle with all the time, but I'm working on is just connecting to whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. If it's watching Seinfeld or if it's jerking off or decorating the Christmas tree. Yeah. It's like you got to connect to that thing because that's what you're doing, which is another great thing my therapist said that I love that felt like deep on multiple levels where I'm like, I'm going to the movies and I'm like, I go to the movies and I just start worrying about what I should be doing other than watch the movies. Like, well, just enjoy the movie. Yeah. And I was like, that's right. I should enjoy the movie. He's like, yeah, it's right in front of you. And it's like, that's like the ultimate metaphor for life to me is like, it's all 
right in front of you. It's happening. Yeah. And now. have you felt that like since you've been, med- how long have you been meditating for? Well, I mean, this calm out, I've been doing it consistently. Does, before it that, does that cost money? Yeah, I think so. It's like 85 bucks a year or something like that. But there's also, yeah. I was, even before that, I was meditating with Tara Brock's podcast. T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H. Yeah. She's great. And then Jack Cornfield will do a thing too. He's great. And I read all these Thich Nhat Hanh books. And then there's like yeah. Eckhart Tolle has YouTube. So I'll get into that shit and watch those. Again, I always diminish it by saying shit. Yeah. This bullshit that <laughs> helps me not kill myself. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing it for it's some version of it for a year since I got sober, basically. Yeah. But now more consistently. Yeah. And, uh, and do you feel it helps you in like it helps you in all aspects of your life or you feel it just helps you? I mean, where, where were you looking for help? Well, probably it helps me in all aspects, but it's also like important not to just like meditate and then be like, all right, do I feel better? Because yeah. then that like defeats the purpose. It's just a general feeling of like, hey, like I just went to the dentist today and had like a follow-up to my root canal. It was a fucking unpleasant appointment. But I realized going there, I'm like, oh my God, I've like come so far because last night I wasn't petrified of it. It wasn't controlling my life last night. And I was like, oh, that's directly because of meditation and therapy. Right. Because I'm like, I got there and I was still like, oh, this sucks. I wish I wasn't here. Yeah. But I got through it. But like normally but in the past for like two weeks, I would be like, I can't even enjoy myself because I have a dentist appointment in 10 days. Well, yeah. So I feel like I've come a long way with that. And then on stage, I'm finding my breath more and enjoying myself more and feeling more connected to the show. Yeah. Like uh, that's a thing on stage. That, and that's why I wanted, I definitely want to get back into meditating. I mean, just... uh pausing and like being okay in like a silent moment that you know like you have everybody under control especially yeah, yeah. like place like the comedy cellar like the village underground a place that has a you have a band on stage and like i feel like you know if i if i fuck up not only do i fuck up but it feel i'm it almost feels like i'm making the band fuck up right because right, right. they're right there with you yeah you're bringing the whole ship down yeah. like liz is in the background you're like oh this sucks. yeah exactly like oh yeah they're all see they're all seeing like the chinks in my armor yeah and then the whole uh the cell is just gonna be closed the next day yeah. so it just says gary bombed on the door yeah. and you're like shit so yeah you know i i kind of you know i uh want to get back in tm just for yeah, just the calmness. So like whether it relates to, you know, in stand up and, uh, you know, who knows where and, and just different parts of my life that I'm sure will affect uh, positively. Yeah. Well, I, th- I want you to do it. We got to we got to wrap this thing up here. We got to go to a basketball. Oh, game. yeah. And then this is our assignment. We have to enjoy the game. I know. Just enjoy the great. players. There's like world class athletes jumping around and dunking. We're going to go see the number one team in, in America, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Right now. Playing Texas Tech, right? Yes. Texas Tech. Who was ranked? But I think they... I think they're like six and two now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I looked that up. But Louisville just came off a win against uh, Michigan. They destroyed Michigan, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the thing I have to do too. Like so often I get so much anxiety at sporting events because I end up just being like, I should be here. The yeah, show's what am what I missing? The show. Yeah, exactly. So I try to consciously be like, I'm at the game and it's beautiful and it's happening right here in front of me and the colors and like the, um, I have a thing written somewhere. It used to be up hanging up here. It was in a Buddhist book. It was like, let your senses rip. Like, just let it, yeah. let it all out. The sounds, the the sights, the tastes. And I don't get to taste anything because my reflex. But, you know, you get yeah. it. Uh, anyway, oh, tell them about your album, Vitor Las oh, Vegas. Oh, yeah, Vitor Las Vegas. Should be coming out in February. Just waiting on doing uh, some pictures for the, the album cover. This episode will probably come out in or after February. Oh, perfect. So, so right on time. It, it might be album. out right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll release it when the album comes out. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. so Vitor Las Vegas uh, filmed at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas. And, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it's a you know nice album and uh, happy with uh, how it came out. I'm excited to hear it. I'm a big fan of your comedy. Oh, I'm a big fan of you. I know. You know what sucks is that we have to go into regular hanging out now. I know. Yeah, it's like this weird thing. Where we're just weird. Like, all right. <laughs> um, all right. That was Gary Veter, everybody, and uh, thank you for listening. Mindful Metal Jacket is hosted by comedian Joe List. Produced by Joe List. Edited by Matt Kleinschmidt. Executive producers Robert Kelly and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcasts. <laughs>